gospel for this day comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, and then 16 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. Jesus said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over the power of all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine for a moment that you are going on a trip. You're not going completely alone, so this is good news. You have at least one person to go with you. But you're going on a trip, and it's not all that well-planned. It's pretty open-ended, so you need to get ready for the unknown. Your trip organizer has given you the following instructions. Bring no luggage, no extra pair of shoes, nothing at all. Don't greet anybody while you're traveling. Instead, whenever you find yourself at a home and it's time to settle in for the night, stay there. Declare peace to them and don't worry too much about what they say in return. Then just stay there for a while. Just stay. Don't move about. Whatever they eat and drink, you eat and drink. Just stay where you are. Now, if it's not working out, simply declare to them that God is near and then move on. That's it. Those are your instructions. Time to go. Enjoy your trip. This seems to even the most novice traveler like a problematic set of directions. But it is exactly how Jesus sends his followers into the world, as we read just a few minutes ago. And not on a, not on a trip, exactly, but into a way of life. Go into the world unprepared. Go into the world unarmed. 
Go with peace and the announcement of God's presence and trust those things no matter what happens. Just go and see. This is actually the second time that Jesus has sent his followers into the world with this set of instructions. The first time, he tried this with the 12 disciples, kind of a smaller, you know, control group to see how this experiment would go. But he gave them identical instructions. We read from Luke chapter 10 today, but in Luke chapter 9, Jesus says, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread or money, not even an extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Wherever they don't welcome you as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So the disciples went through the villages bringing the good news and curing diseases everywhere. Now, that first time Jesus tried this experiment, something very interesting happened. And that is that King Herod heard about it. All the way up in the palace, he heard that these disciples with no particular wealth or supplies or any kind of preparation or plan were going into the world and freeing people from diseases and whatever held them captive. The story tells us that Herod was perplexed by this thing, these wandering travelers. Partly, apparently, because he's worried that John the Baptist, whom he recently had beheaded, might not have stayed dead. But then again, the kind of approach that Jesus is asking his disciples to take toward life would throw any king off his game. I mean, go into the world, go into your life unprepared, on purpose, without even an extra pair of shoes, a couple bucks in your wallet, head off to destinations unknown with no supplies of any kind, just walk into somebody's house and trust that what they have and what they eat and what they can give you will be enough. Who lives like that? It's not just the kings who wonder. And who tells other people to live like that? It is not hard to find advice on how to be a good traveler. And none of it sounds anything like what Jesus suggests today. Most of it is, in fact, exactly the opposite. Be prepared. Take extras of everything, at least as much as you can fit into your small carry-on luggage. Read about where you are going and figure out what you might need to know in advance. Do you need to exchange money? Do it before you go. Do you need special vaccinations? Get those. Will you need to avoid the water or certain foods? Know what they are. In just a few short minutes of searching on the internet, where we all know there's nothing but valid, important truth, <laughs> nevertheless, in just a few minutes of searching, I found pages of suggestions on how to be a traveler. Get a guidebook. Make sure your passport is valid. Make reservations in advance. Call your bank. Check with the airline. Watch the State Department website. Talk to your doctor about medical needs. Nowhere did anyone say, 
ah, find a buddy, hit the road, don't bring anything, stay with strangers, see what happens. <laughs> Nowhere, not even once. It's hard to imagine what it would be like to travel like that. No luggage, no plans, no place to stay. But harder still is to envision what it would be like to live like that. Because Jesus isn't really talking about a trip, a vacation, something you go on and then come back and resume your ordinary life. Jesus is talking about how we live our ordinary lives. The way we approach life in this world. And that makes these instructions even more unimaginable and much more important. Now, we all live in a real world, and we know there is a place and a time for preparation. Absolutely. But preparation also allows us the illusion of control, which is probably why I like it. It gives us a sense of security and protection. The more prepared we are, the better we feel, the safer we feel. And generally, the more prepared we are, the more the world rewards us. Pretty soon we start to wonder why aren't other people as prepared as we are. We think maybe there's something wrong with them if they aren't. The fact that some of us have been given certain advantages that make it easier for us to prepare tends to escape our notice. As always, Jesus' words fly in the face of all the logical things that we have been told to do and to trust. We are told to be prepared. And Jesus says, don't be. We are told to be wary of strangers. Jesus says, go stay in their homes. We are told to be consumers. And Jesus says, don't even have an extra pair of shoes. We are told to look with contempt on people who don't welcome us, who disagree with us. Jesus says, to share a word of peace, tell them the kingdom of God is near. How might it change us to understand ourselves, think of ourselves as guests in this world. Think about the last time you were a guest, a traveler. Guests are vulnerable. They're dependent on the mercy of their hosts. Guests don't have much control over what happens in their day, right down to the meals they eat and the bed they sleep in. Guests are generally not in charge. But guests can also experience the joy of a loving welcome. Maybe as a guest, you've been made a meal that you would never have made for yourself, and it turns out to be one of the best things you've ever eaten. Maybe as a guest, you've discovered that when you don't have control over your day, 
you end up doing things you never would have chosen or planned, and it was so much better than all your carefully laid agendas. As a guest, you don't have much armor. And that's maybe the best gift of all. To be utterly and completely dependent on the hospitality of other people will change you. It will probably make you very uncomfortable first. But change rarely happens without that. One more thing. You might have noticed that there are a few verses missing from the reading that we had today. Luke 10, 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. What's up with verses 12 through 15? You might be asking yourself. I'm so glad you asked. I always wonder why certain verses are left out, and it's always interesting to go back and read what they are. In this case, in verses 12 through 15, Jesus is speaking woe to the cities who don't welcome these travelers. Woe to you, he says, it will be better for Sodom on that day than for your town. I'm guessing that the mention of Sodom is why they left those verses out of this reading. But for all that we so often think the sin of Sodom has something to do with human sexuality, it does not. The real sin of that place was not welcoming the strangers who showed up at people's doors needing a place to stay. In fact, later prophets like Ezekiel and Isaiah repeatedly identify the sin of Sodom as refusing to depend the widow and the orphan and not helping those in need. Or, as one theologian says, throughout Scripture it is abundantly clear that the real quality of a people is revealed by how they welcome travelers without resources. Now, you and I do not have to look far to find travelers without resources. And we who are called to live as travelers and guests, who are commanded by Jesus to be vulnerable, not even packing an extra pair of shoes, we who watch men and women and children who have no extra clothing, no bag or purse, and who walk like lambs in the midst of wolves, arriving at our doors, arriving at our borders, and waiting for hospitality. This is no ancient question. The real quality of a people is revealed by how they welcome travelers without resources. Perhaps the gift of this gospel today is the reminder that it is the travelers who announce that the kingdom of God is near. It's the vulnerable ones with no shoes and no bag and no purse and no money who are here to tell us what the kingdom of God looks like. It's the people who have nothing to give and everything to lose 
who show up at the doors of our homes to tell us the way of God is right here. Do you see it? That might be what we most need to hear this day from this story. The gospel comes with the travelers. So if we are the ones safely at home, then the gospel is about to come knocking on our doors. How will we answer? Amen.